one, we got two games. We got uh, the Buffalo game, which was moved due to weather. Buffalo wins Pittsburgh. And tonight, Eagles in Tampa live from the pirate ship down in Tampa. It is the all city, all NFL meat locker podcast with that man, the great Baldy. Brian Baldinger, I'm Anthony Gargano, I'm Cuz. And uh, Baldy, what a wild weekend, the lead of the weekend. We, we touched on it, and you said, look, and I'll quote Baldy, don't be surprised if in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter the game's tight. The only thing you missed on was that the Packers were routing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, one team executed at the highest level you can execute at, Cuz the Green Bay Packers, and one team uh, had the complete roof collapse on top of them. So uh, it was, for any, any Cowboy fan, I mean, you know, when it was, when it was 27 to nothing, like they, they, there was just complete disbelief, just complete disbelief. And look, you throw a pick six, you throw an interception on your second series, and Jair Alexander, you know, jumps a route to Brandon Cooks, and next thing you know, Aaron Jones just punched it in the end zone. It's 14 nothing. This thing turned fast on the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I guess what surprised me was, you know, how Green Bay really had its way with the Cowboys defense. Now, we thought that Aaron Jones would have a big day. We talked about it. You and I both said that. Yeah. But Jordan Love was, I mean, you know, we go Star, Favre, Rodgers, and now Love. He was yeah. tremendous. He was, he was outrageous. He was outrageous. Just his command, uh, his ability just to, to maneuver the pocket, to see the whole field, stick throws, uh, the touchdown to Dontavian Wicks against Stephon Gilmore can't be thrown any better. He's got pressure right in his face, delivered it. I mean, look, uh, it, was, it was a sensational performance on the road. And he's been playing great. He's been playing great. But this – is next level great because the quarterback on the other side is paid a whole lot of money to win playoff games. And he outplayed them every which way you can outplay him as did CJ Stroud uh, on Saturday. So we saw two young quarterbacks that in their first playoff action, they raised everybody's ability around them the way great quarterbacks have to do it. Well, let's let's continue to dive deeper into the Cowboys and Packers. Obviously, we'll get to what it means for McCarthy already. The Belichick rumors are swirling, but what, what, what ultimately, you know, why did the Cowboys' defense completely fall apart? Well, they took the opening drive right down the field, so they converted third downs because you got big plays, you ran the ball effectively, you had balance, the play action. But, you know, when you, when you look at the Cowboys' defense, I mean, they're a good defense. Don't get me wrong. They're still a good defense. It, the way that they were game-planned, anticipating certain coverages, route combinations to beat coverages, um, audibles at the line of scrimmage if Deron Bland is off Luke Musgrave by 10 yards, ball's going here, pre-snap reads. They had them on their heels all day. They never dictated anything. You got two first-quarter holding calls against Micah Parsons, which we hadn't seen. But other than that, the level of execution, you look up front 
and you're looking at Rasheed Walker at left tackle and Zach Tom, you know, and John Runyon at right guard and Josh Myers. These guys were outstanding. Yeah. Like, they didn't get beat. They didn't get beat up front. And so I, I look, look, Matt LaFleur can flat out coach. And the way that they game playing that defense, they never, ever felt like they could take anything away from the Packers. No, in fact, I you nail it when you say like their Cowboys were on their heels, and I mean that's what it felt like. It felt like they were a step behind. I mean, you know, the the we talked about the array of weapons. Like underrated is how this team was built, and it's really fascinating because you know Rodgers made a lot of noise while he was there. He had a lot of you know back and forth with management. But when, like all of a sudden, you turn around and look at all the weapons. Dobbs yesterday was front and center, but you know Watson was back, right? They didn't even need Jaden Reed. You, you just go. You got Wicks, who's a player. You, you know, I mean, they. You got Bo, Melton. I mean, they got weapons everywhere, and they can run the ball. Well, so here's what's changed though under Matt Lafleur is it used to be that if you were if you were uh, if you were Jordy Nelson or if you were Devontae right. Adams, okay, or if you were Donald Driver, you waited your turn to develop. No pack of receivers came in and set the world on fire outside of maybe Sterling Sharp. But like all these guys waited their turn to, to get that chance. And Aaron Rodgers, even Devontae Adams, it took him three years to begin to become a Devontae Adams as he started taking over for Jordy Nelson. And so this, this pipeline of receivers that have come through Green Bay, it always took time. But starting this year with Romeo Dobbs and Watson in their second year, and then the rookies, Reed and Wicks and Musgrave and Tucker, they didn't wait any more, more longer, cuz. They they developed those kids in real time. And it's really something to see. I mean, it's, it's a it's it's everything. It's drafting, it's developing, it's trusting, and it's putting it all together. Yeah. And we yeah. like when, when, when we did all the preseason prognostications, we said, okay, Detroit looks like the class, you know, and Chicago will compete and blah, blah, blah. Nobody said Green Bay could compete this year because of the youth, the youngest team ever to win a playoff game. And they did. And we kept seeing them. And so you saw Romeo Dobbs completely dominate that game in the first half, completely dominate. You know, for, uh, a second, you know, a kid out of Reno, um, Nevada, Reno last year, but then Wicks with the touchdown, Musgrave with his plays. Like they got all these kids on the field and they were performing at a high level. Yeah, and, and you know, it all was the maestro was Jordan Love, and you know, I, I again j- just to heap a little bit more praise on him. You know, he, they went through that one stretch where because he started the season off really good, we were excited about him. He went to a little bit of a funk, and then it, you know, everybody talked about it. Thanksgiving Day is when he really started to come out of it, and ever since then. He's been incredible. I mean, that day in Detroit, he was lights out. And you just look at him, and it's uncanny how he almost looks like Rodgers. Like, if you close your eyes and you look at just movement, 
His his movement reminds you of Rodgers, and his ball is, is just a, a perfect. Like he spun it beautifully yesterday. I mean, he's he's Aaron Rodgers, but even like you know, he got uh, yesterday. He got the Cowboys with twelve men on the field. Quick snap, the way Rodgers yeah. used to do. Yeah. He got a smoke route to Musgrave when Deron Bland was ten yards off off the uh, line of scrimmage. Uh, same things that Aaron Rodgers kind of made a history of doing and a career out of doing, he's doing it. And then he has this one uncanny move. And you saw it with the touchdown to Wicks, is that a lot of quarterbacks under – you want the quarterback to step up if the pocket is there. Okay, we all understand that. We all want to be able to slide into the cubby hole between the left tackle and the hole as the, as the end is making uh, his pass rush move. But most quarterbacks, if they feel pressure – they take off right or left. What Jordan Love does, though, is he steps back. And he'll buy an extra tick stepping back as the rush comes on him, but have the, the arm strength and the delivery to snap it to where he did. And that's what he did to Wicks. And it's it's I don't know how you teach it, because we're going to see quarterbacks tonight that they just, when they feel pressure, they, they take off. And they're going to the right or to the left. Uh, we'll see that from both Baker and Jalen Hurts tonight. But this guy just naturally steps backwards to make the release. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's on, it really is. He looks just incredible. Uh, all right. Now, flip side, because the demise of the Cowboys, like they were, they look great most of the year. They had those, we talked about it. They lost to Arizona. They get drilled by San Fran. But they look, you know, dominant at times. But typical Cowboys, right? They just look the part. They don't, they're not really the part. They're not for real, for real. And they get down and they just will. Now, what, I mean, what is that? Offense. Is that a Jack? Is that a McCarthy? You know, I mean, it's it feels like it's almost uh, a characteristic of – of who they are, the drought well, continues since 1996. You you hate to put anything on one guy's shoulders, but how many times is Dak going to come up short? Cause yeah, nobody dislikes Dak because he's Dak. I mean, it's never a personal attack. But let's just no. look him into this game yesterday. You throw the pick to Brandon Cooks. The timing that was a whip route to Cooks after a bunch formation. The Packers are a man coverage. He doesn't put the ball in the right spot. And Jair Alexander jumps it. He gets the pick. Um, the throw, the pick by Darnell Savage. He's late on the throw. Um, it's a it's a blitz. It's a blitz look. Campbell comes. Here comes Savage coming down on the slot. And it, the ball's late. And it's not perfect. And Savage, it's a pick six. The, you know, CeeDee Lamb caught 135 balls this year. You could even easily say he's the most dominant receiver in the league. But the timing on third downs, and some throws kept out of the end zone. A lot of key third downs. The timing, it's going through his fingertips. It's not, like, in the right spot. The timing that you would think after 18 games that should be there on a simple stop route on the outside, it's not there. Now, why is that? Why doesn't the timing, after all these weeks and all this success, especially at home that you talk about, undefeated at home, where they looked unstoppable, the timing, it's got to be precision timing. And it wasn't precise yesterday. No. 
Nah, it wasn't. It, 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 he was he was awful. He was bad. And you know what? What from here? If you're Dallas, do you just say, "All right, you know, Belichick, here you go, Bill." You know, if you're Jerry Jones and you're up there, you're in your 80s now, and you go, "Hey, Bill, hey man, win me a Super Bowl, would you?" Well, it's a long drought. Jerry Jones is in tears in his post game press conference, cuz in tears. This is yeah. the owner now. Like, okay, this is his. Uh, Jerry Jones can make more money than anybody in, in this entire business. All right, he's a master at it. He can't win playoff games. He can't. He can't advance. It's, it's been a, almost a thirty year drought now, and so Michael Irvin's out there on his porch saying, "Blow it all up." Now, I don't know what you do, but I got to believe that you can't stay the course and go. Let's come back because every Cowboy, even the the most staunch, diehard Cowboy fans, you can come back next week, cause. Next year, you come back with, you know, maybe upgrade a certain position here or there through the draft, free agency, whatever. Every single Cowboy fan is going to say the same thing. And every Cowboy hater is going to say the same thing. Let you say like the memes on social media right now. Like, I mean, even the the Cowboy, even football fans that aren't football fans are putting stuff out there. Like you can't bring it back. You have to make a change. The problem is, you know, how do you move away from Prescott? Because, you know, the contract, you you, ha- you have to figure out a way. Like, I don't know, do you like who you have to trade them, right? And and who's out there that you could make a trade with that you get something in return? Like, because you're still going to need a quarterback. But I, I agree. Like at this point, like you just got to part ways with Dak because. Then it's, you know, we always know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know. Well, you, you just got to say, no matter who, what offensive system, you could go get Ben Johnson, you know, you could go get, you know, any of these offensive guys out there and go, okay, let's work with Dak, let's upgrade. But if you get into these spots, like we've seen against San Francisco, like we saw yesterday, where you go, the, the coach can't make these throws. The, the offense coordinator can draw the plays up in a row. You can have the most dominant receiver in football. But if you, in the biggest spot in a playoff game, if you can't play loose and free, the yeah. way we saw Jordan Love play loose and free. Yeah. Where it's just, you just got this unbelievable whip. And you can just put the ball in the tightest window, play after play after play. If you... If you're just going to go through another season and put up numbers and stats and all this stuff, and you get to this postseason again, like, can you live with this again? No, no, you got you got to move them. You, you got to move them. I just don't know who who's your four. You know who's your guy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Do you go to Chicago or you go to? I don't know. You got to figure out ways. Maybe a three-way trade somehow where you get fields. I, I don't know. You got to. But I agree with you. Like you got to figure something out because you can't come back with Dak. It's I just think that's run its course. Well, three years in a row of complete disappointment. You know they couldn't yeah. score against San Francisco. Defensively played pretty good. Yesterday it was a complete collapse. But ultimately, look, the defense got abused. Okay, so like they they're they're responsible. But when you throw a pick six. You throw another pick that, you know, you're, you're, you're dancing in the end zone. It's 14-0. You go down, you know, 
you're down 20 to nothing, 27 nothing. Like at some point, your offense is culpable. And so it, it starts, it, it starts, stops and starts with the offense. Not and me. it starts and stops with Dak. And so I don't know what the answer is because I don't know how to do it. Uh, we saw obviously a great trade uh, two years ago between Detroit and the Rams. It worked out for the Rams. And nobody thought Matt Stafford could do what he did. He played great yesterday. Um, you know, just a, a, a valiant effort by him with that hand and, you know, getting kicked in the head and all the stuff that had to happen, you know. But at the same time, like he gave you a chance all the way to the end. But that was, you know, that was a great trade for both teams. Yeah, both teams it was. I mean, with the golf great. and and that's exactly what the Cowboys need. And that's what's in the back of my mind as to who's that guy out there that's akin to Jack, right? Like the word, you know, because I, I would think there, there would be some teams out there, quarterback star of the league, that would say, you know, let, let me see if I can make it work with Dak. Well, I, I can't play general manager today because I don't know who would take the contract that Dak has yeah, and know. his playoff record and say, okay, this is a fair trade. Uh, dude, I, listen, that- I feel you, man. <laughs> He, listen, yeah. I get it. Maybe he goes to the Giants. <laughs> well, I mean, but I, I, I feel like, you know, I remember Kurt Warner always used to tell me, because uh, that you, you have to measure quarterbacks by, A, how they play in the postseason. And some players have big game genes. Yeah. And when they get to the big games, just like in any sport, yeah. Like, they just take their game to another level. We saw yeah. two young kids. We'll see if CJ and Jordan Love can continue this. But I have a feeling they're going to be doing this for a long time, uh, uh-huh. that this isn't going to go away. Uh-huh. And so, doubt. so, you know, look, Pey- Peyton Manning went through this until he started winning in the postseason. But that's, that's how you get measured. And now yeah. we're seeing major disappointment in the postseason from Dak. He's 30 yeah. years old. Like, you, you're not going to get much – you're not going to – wherever he goes – or if he stays, you're not going to get a much better offensive line. You're not going to get much better receivers. Uh-huh. You're not going to get much better help, period. I mean, whether it's defense taken away, the ball away all year, um, you know, extra at-bats from takeaways, uh, a pretty good defense for the most part, uh, undefeated at home. And then to do that, it's, it's almost like it's worse because it happens at home. No, in front I, of I, yes, it's way worse than happens at home. You're embarrassed at home. And that game got ugly early and in the first half. And they've been front runners the whole season. So the minute there's any kind of distress, they wilt, they fold, they melt. And that's what the Cowboys are. I mean, that's the truth. It's the truth. And the fact that, you know, Green Bay just got into the post. I mean, they just got into the postseason on on, on week 18. Yeah. They, they might not. I mean, they need some help to get in. I mean, all right. It's, uh, all right let, before we take a look at, because we got to take a look at CJ a little closer. And I don't know, maybe Dak goes to Miami. All right, we got to talk about the the uh, wizardry of Mahomes. We got to take a look at the two games that are yeah. about to happen today. But first, let's talk about Factor Meal Kits. That's right. Get started with your New Year's resolutions with Factor. You'll be ready, man. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery service takes the stress out of meal planning, sets you up for success in the new year. 
So skip the grocery stores, the prep work, cooking, fatigue, like all the fatigue and the hassle. Get chef crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Now, my wife does this. She loves Factor. Loves it. Over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, protein plus, like uh, Baldy and I, the, the meats. 55 weekly add-ons. You're going to have a ton of nutritious, flavorful options to kickstart your revolution. I mean, I'm telling you, your resolutions are in good hands, okay? You got lunch. You got grab-and-go snacks. You got smoothies, options everywhere. And look, you know, you don't have to spend all day prepping. It's two minutes. You heat and then you enjoy. It's so easy and it's great stuff and it's going to help you eat right. That's the most important thing. Head to factormeals.com slash all NFL 50. Use that code all NFL 50. All A-L-L-N-F-L-5-0. That's all NFL 50. You get 50% off, man. 50% off. Factormeals.com. All right? Two and two. Two minutes, right? You're in. You enjoy it. Right to your door. You can't beat it. Factor Meals. All right, Baldy. Let's go to C.J. Stroud. All right. Look. Forget about the pick sixes. We'll get to Joe Flacco and what happened in third quarter. But what was most impressive was how CJ was able to just dart through that Cleveland defense. That was that was the most impressive thing in my eyes. Nico Collins finding room behind the the secondary. I mean, wow! I, I, I'm really surprised at, at how at how they dominate the Cleveland defense. Well, it started up front. You know, C.J. Stroud, I mean, Miles Garrett was invisible. Larry Tunsil eliminated him when he was going up against him. They had a good game yep. plan. Miles Garrett was invisible in the game. Um, the, the defensive front of Cleveland was invisible. You know, it's interesting. Both C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love both had the exact same quarterback rating, 157.2. Both of them missed a total of five passes. Both of them threw three touchdowns. Neither one of them made a mistake. So, C.J. Stroud... It's just he's very, very gifted, but how quickly he sees things. And Cleveland was known for playing, you know, press man coverage all year long. He beat that when they went to zone. He adjusted. Um, it was it was really as impressive a performance as he's had all year on a very limited number of throws in that game, but maximizing the number of throws, the big the big plays that came out of his throws. You know, the, the other thing, too, is, I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm so impressed with the coaching. Like, you look at the game plan, and the game plan was fantastic. I mean, Noah Brown's hurt early, right? And it's it's not a worry, man. He he has Nico, and then he, and then he just uses everybody else, right? Singletary out of the backfield, Dalton Schultz on the, with the big touchdown, right? And he just met you. He just... He, 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 and then he goes right back to Nico. And I, I got to tell you, like, like, that was such a seasoned performance. And we've been seeing it all year long. He, like, you can't have enough just superlatives to throw CJ's way. Well, so you get Bobby Slowick is a first time offensive coordinator for Houston, D'Amico, first time head coach, 
CJ rookie quarterback. This isn't supposed, and this is one of the a moribund franchise before all of these additions this year, starting with the head coach, the quarterback, the offense coordinator. This is not supposed to happen in this league. You're supposed to be seasoned. You're supposed to need time to, you know, to kind of develop and and grow. Well, they skipped all those steps, and I think it's interesting. You know, we're going to get into all of this, but when you just look at Houston, because like, you can't help but notice. When you look at all these coaching searches that are going on and you watch D'Amico Rines, his face isn't in a chart. He's not looking at He's watching the game and he's looking at his team. He's yep. got it. He's delegated to his coordinators. Talk about coach. that all the time, man. And I there's something about, about this. Yeah. He sees the whole game and he, he coaches the game like he plays the game. It's with emotion. He's talking to his players. He's engaged. Like, He's cheering when he's got to do that. He's supporting when he's got to do it. And these teams are looking for coaches, and they're looking at whatever. I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of names out there. But I think if I'm going through this coaching search, I, I don't want my guy in the ch- in a chart. I don't want my guy looking at a menu, trying to figure things out. Yes, yeah, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are a little bit different. But other than that, I think I want my guy to see the whole field and to delegate right now. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I do. I love it. I think there's an importance to that um, where you are engaged and you're in tune with what's happening. This way you can make adjustments. But here's the other thing. The Houston front was the better front. Well, yeah. Either Ras Flacco, all, all game, Joe was in duress. And then it you know finally pays off on the, on the two pick sixes. Well, how about Derek Barnett? I mean, they picked up Derek Barnett from the Eagles off the scrap heap in the middle of the season. So there's there's Derek Barnett, Jonathan Greenard, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins. They're all castaways. Now, Willie, no, Will Anderson Jr. is an elite player. Yeah. Okay. There's Blake Cashman at linebacker, Denzel Perriman. How about Steve Nelson? I mean, Steve Nelson, I mean, the Eagles could use him right now. You know, Uh, I mean, so they, they have. Taken all these spare parts and all these castaways from other teams and molded them into this belief. They were much better than Cleveland up front. They, you know, they got to Flacco. They forced Flacco into some of those mistakes. Um, and so credit credit the pressure of the Houston Texans and some of the names I just mentioned. You know, I mean, uh, I, I, I listen, ultimately, they were very clearly – like they dominated, and I, I you know, again, I, I was wrong. I, I thought Cleveland was going to win a tough game, and like it wasn't close. Just like with Jordan Love, it wasn't close against Dallas. No. Let's look at another game that wasn't close in the bitter, bitter cold. This is where you know Mahomes shines, right? Like there's not he's amazing because. Nothing can – he's talking about unflappable. He's got – in the Super Bowl, he's got a leg, right? It, it, it doesn't matter where you're playing at. It's freezing cold, and he wins the game for you. That Hey, and, and Spags, who, again, that defense was sensational. Well, I mean, Miami had one play the whole day, Tyreek Hill. One play, all right, kind of a, a, a throw-up ball, but they dominated this game. But let's just get to Andy and to Mahomes. I, 
you know, you can look up all the statistics right now. Like Mahomes is like climbing the charts in the postseason like nobody's business. Like nobody has been winning like he has won. And he's just wired in a way that I don't think you'll ever find a test, a combine, a workout, study all the game film you want. I don't think you'll ever be able to figure out just what this guy's makeup is. Like he was completely unfazed by that weather, completely. And Rasheed Rice, like whatever it is, like his belief in that kid and how he delivered uh, play after play after play is amazing. But to see Andy Reid, the icicles coming off the mustache, like and, it, and for him to say after the game, I the you know weather doesn't bother me, and I don't believe it did bother Andy. I don't think he no. felt it. If he could have gone out there in a pair of shorts, cause you know he always coached in shorts, he'd have shorts on. Like it wouldn't make any difference to him. No. Like he's just wired into the game plan. Oh, to his yeah. he's, he's Andy's locked in. One thing about wow. Andy, he's coached it. Was listen, that was excessive. That cold, but yeah. you know, listen. I've seen him coach those games in the teens, and you know, single digits. Well, how about the playoff team that year against the Atlanta Falcons, the NFC Championship game? I remember it well. I mean, uh, the snow that you know, the snow mounds on the side of the field at Lincoln Financial. Like Andy, he was up in Green Bay. He's seen the worst of the worst of weather. Like he went out there, and you know, when they made bad calls, he was on top of the referees. But his quarterback was completely locked in. In fact. You couldn't tell if it was a spring day in, you know, uh, uh, you know, East Texas. It didn't make any difference. Like, he was throwing a football. The ball never came out of his hand funny. The ball never floated. He never looked cold. Like, he was just locked in, man. It, it's just a credit. Like, just a, the mental makeup. And you know who, how about who returned? We saw the return of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Well, um, look, like, I think – in some ways, they have just enough. Pacheco is a power runner. They got the power running game going. They can play that style, and they did at times. Um, they've got an elite number one receiver right now. This is two weeks in a row where he has played great. They've got Kelsey, who's proven. Kelsey, uh, Mahomes is going to throw it to the open guy, regardless of who it is. They catch it, they catch it. But I think they have enough, especially if Spags' defense continue like. You watch Legereus Sneed just do what he does to Tyreek Hill, the line of scrimmage, what Trent McDuffie does, how they play, how they pressure. Um, you know, the whole defensive front, Karloftis, Jones, all of them stepped up. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, I, it was thoroughly enjoyable, too, just to, you know, what, like those kinds of weather games, it, it's why – the league is so amazing is that you have those dome games and then you have the, uh, you know, the treacherous weather. It's, it's why football is the most watched. It's, it's why people went and, and, and paid money to go watch it on Peacock. You mean 23 million people that downloaded Peacock? Like they, they made, they made the return on investment in one I night. In one night they made the return on investment. It's amazing. But, yeah. Well, I mean, part of it was, well, I do think it's wrong in that for the fan, totally. like I get it. I get for the business angle, it's brilliant. Yeah, look, I, I, it, I, I'm totally against what they did. Yeah. But at the same time, the reason, one of the reasons why people went and found it is because they wanted to see what 30 below zero looks like. Can you play football in 30 below yes. zero? We're all fascinated by weather. Hell, yes. nobody thought a weather channel could exist. But yeah. a weather channel exists 
because we're all like, it doesn't matter if it's the storms, if it's snow, if it's excessive heat, like we're all drawn to weather and uh, uh, like extreme weather. We're drawn to it. That what kind of fans go out and that those fans, I didn't see any empty seats, you know, at Gia stadium, Gia stadium at Arrowhead there. Like they were all there. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. All right, well, it was also awesome, and I and I'm happy. I'm I'm really happy. We thought it would be an epic game, and it really was. Shootout in the first half, defenses tighten up in the second half. Lions, Rams, and uh, good for Detroit. I I, I had that. I have a uh, a soft spot for the Lions and the Lions fans who never experienced this stuff and. It was a, it was a great, just a great football game, man. It it was it's playoff football, cause it's playoff football. It yeah. had it had drama. Guys were like, I mean, they left it all in the field. I mean, we saw crazy hits. We saw incredible plays. We saw adjustments by the Rams shutting down the running attack in the second half. How about how about the, the Lions' first two picks, Jameer Gibbs, okay, and Sam Laporta. They both scored touchdown, cuz. Like, they've scored 23 touchdowns, those two guys, in 18 games this year. And people question those two picks. Like, they question, are you going to take a running back at number 12? You really want to do that? But, like, you look at their draft picks, draft and develop. It never never gets old. It never goes out of style, right? You look at Hutchinson. You look at Branch. I, I do an episode every week called Branch and Hutch after Starsky and Hutch. You look at Brian Branch and Aiden Hutchinson with his two sacks, five quarterback hits. You look at Brian Branch defending the deep ball of Stafford all game long. Um, like, And you just look at the coach on the other side. Like, There's something about that coach and Dan Campbell that they could care less what anybody says outside that locker room. It is truly about team. And it is about when he said, it's, we're, we're going to get up off the ground, we're going to bite kneecaps, all that stuff, that's truly – how his team plays. It is. It, it really is. And that game, listen, you got to give it to Stafford, right? He hurt the finger early and he throws for like a thousand yards. <laughs> right. Nakua. Because did you see it this way? So he gets hit, right? And you see him like the hand gets hit, the head gets crushed, and he comes off the field grabbing his ribs and they goes into the tent. And I'm thinking in real time, did he – not want to get the head examined. And if I just grab my ribs and my ribs is hurting me, right. like I'm going to fool these guys. I know yeah. the neurologist is going in the tent with me, but I'll just fake like my ribs are hurt and I'll be able to come back out on the field. Like I almost feel like that's next level Stafford thinking, like I'm not coming out of this playoff game. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great way to look at it too, because, and if, and if by the way, if, if you're that quick to think of that, you deserve to stay in the game. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, he was, he was awesome. I mean, it, it was, Goff was terrific, right? Uh, Montgomery and, and you, you said it, Gibbs, St. Brown, Nakua, Cooper Cup. The, the thing that I guess that surprised me the most was how good Detroit's front played. You mentioned Hutch and, and how good they did against Kyron Williams. They were able to stop. The, the Rams run game. They shut him down. Obviously, he got hurt and went out of the game. 
Um, they completely shut him down in the first half. Second half, he had a couple of runs. They got going a little bit. But they were excellent in the red zone because they, they, you know, the Rams were 0 for 3 in the red zone. And then even coming down in the final drive of the game, you know, third and 14, I mean, the ball, I mean, Stafford puts it right on Nakua. Nakua gets hit by Sutton and he gets hit by Alex Anzalone. Like they crush Nakua. Um, and it comes up incomplete. They punt the ball away. They don't get the ball back. But how about the call by Dan Campbell at the end of the game with two minutes to go? It's second and nine. The Rams have one timeout. I'm, I'm playing I'm playing coach in the living room with everybody watching the game with me. And I'm saying there's no way they run it. There's no way they throw it. They can't afford an incompletion because the Rams are going to get the ball back if they don't make the first down. They come out of the two-minute warning, and they throw a comeback to Monroe St. Brown that ices the game to help the timeouts. Like the guts of that call. But what it says is you saw the post-game stuff about – well, Jared Goff, you're good enough for us. His way of saying, thank, thank God we have you. But it was his way of saying, I, I have this much trust in my quarterback that on second and nine with two minutes to go, we're going to make this completion to our star receiver, and we're going to go take a victory formation. It was unbelievable. I can tell you, I, I thought the same thing. And because I'm thinking, oh, man, you're not going to throw it, are you? You're not going to. But – there's also a part of me that goes, you know, I fear that Rams offense right. needing only a field goal, right? right? I fear it. And man, that was Stones. It was, but look, they've had Stones all year long, sometimes to the point where we thought the balls were too big, right? Like maybe yeah. you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. But, you know, he, he showed up at the end. And ultimately, you're right. Like you'd rather trust. Goff converting one throw than, you know, having Stafford and those weapons coming down your throat. But on that play, okay, because it's a it's it's second and eight or second and nine. And and I'm on Ross St. Brown picks up ten. But the the Rams come after Goff with a five man rush. All five offensive linemen, Sewell, Glasgow, Ragno, Jackson, right, along with Taylor Decker, they all won their one-on-ones. Nobody yeah. got beat. Aaron Donald didn't win. Nobody won. Kobe Bryant, like or, uh, uh, Kobe Turner, like none of the guys won. They all – they all. so it's, it's the quarterback and the belief in the offense line. But, you know, you're talking about how they did this all year long, cuz. And if – I know you know this, but remember like back when Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, they go for it, obviously, Philly special, fourth down – but, you know, they, they were very aggressive the year before on fourth downs. And certain play, and, and it backfired sometimes, and people thought ah, they're too aggressive, blah, blah, blah. But they ended up winning a Super Bowl because of it. And I think it's a mindset. It doesn't always work. It does backfire. But maybe, that, maybe that's what you have to do in order to win it all. Like, you just have to stay that aggressive. And it becomes a mindset of the team. We're going to live with the results. We're going to live with the failures. Dallas, okay? Like, they don't get the call right on the uh, substitution. On third and – you know, on, at the seven-yard line, we're still going for two. We're going for the win. Maybe you've got to train the mindset that we're never going to stop being aggressive. And yesterday, that mindset won out at the very end. Yeah, no, I, you know, spot on. I mean, the other thing that I thought was – 
smart was if you're going to run it, I mean, if you're going to throw that, you're going to throw. I liked it with second down because because I, I think third down, it's in the back of their minds. Second down, it was not. I think second down, yeah, know, yeah. to your point about how the offensive line won their individual battles, I thought it helped that it was on second down when I think the Rams were thinking another run. I, I think you're because there was a two-minute warning there. So it was a long three-minute timeout. Everybody has time to kind of like, okay, what's coming? And you're, you're thinking, like like I was thinking, like play it safe, like you run it. You make them take their last time out with like a minute and 56 seconds to go, and then it's third down. Then they decide, okay, if they don't make it there, um, do you run it again and run 40 seconds off the clock and punt it away and give the ball to Stafford, or do you try and throw it, possibly have another incompletion? Now the Rams get almost two minutes to go. So you're right. I think that second down is probably when you have to, if you're going to throw it, that's probably the down to do it on. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, what, what a great football game. And it sets up. So Detroit will play the winner of the Eagles and Tampa. Yep. Green Bay will go to San Francisco. And what, a, what a, an incredible matchup. Uh, Green Bay, San Fran is like classic throwback Packers. Now, I covered an, an NFC championship game. It was uh, Young and Favre, and they've just introduced the the Cheeseheads introduced the Packeronis. Yeah, well, that was uh, a big breakout game in San Francisco against that. But just a couple years ago, you know, um, San Francisco went up to Green Bay and they won and knocked Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out. I mean, the the history of these two teams. uh, First of all, the, the great history that both teams have, and then the history of each other in the playoffs. Now, none of these, you know, Dontavian Wicks doesn't know anything about this. Jordan Love doesn't know anything about this. But yet, it's going to be part of this playoff rivalry that exists in the folklore of the NFL. And a lot of these highlights that you're speaking of are going to come out. So, I got to ask you, and you know what? Let's uh, let's take a quick T.O. And then I want to kind of get into... What happens today, right? Because we got two games today. But first, let's talk about the game time app. Like, if you're thinking about buying tickets, all right, to any of these playoff games or basketball, hockey, you know, baseball's around the corner, concerts, comedy shows, the game time app has changed the way you're going to buy tickets. It's incredible. You got to download it, right? Right to your phone, download it. I'm looking at it right now. What's amazing about this game time app is that it gives you everything, last-minute deals, all-in prices. You got views from your seats. So when you pick your seats, you can actually see virtually the view and the vantage point from your seat. It's incredible. Have their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, all right? You got last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, the lowest price guarantee. I mean, they have cancellation protection, job loss protection. It's wild, all right? It really is. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. See that deal zone? You pick the section. Game Time picks the seats, and you'll save an average of 18%. If you find cheaper tickets, They'll credit you 110% of the difference. That's right. 
Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use the code All NFL A L L N F L. Twenty bucks off your first purchase. That's right. Twenty bucks off your first purchase. You got to use the code A L L N F L All NFL for twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Well, the Pittsburgh, uh, the state of Pennsylvania had to move it to Monday. And so Steelers, uh, excuse me, the state of New York had to move the game to Monday in Buffalo. So Steelers bills today. Um, now you don't have weather, which I think, you know, helps the, helps the, the bills mafia even more. Well, I mean, the idea that you would just get like the fan base of Buffalo is out there shoveling snow out of the stadium only in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, the NFL can certainly afford to go get the stadium cleaned out, but no, Bills Mafia, we're going to go shovel it out for our team. I mean, they're going to get great support. But look, I saw them, you know, last year when Cincinnati went in there and won and they're throwing snowballs, you know. Um, so Pittsburgh has, you know, Pittsburgh can play spoiler here. Now, they've been running the ball really well. That's got to be a great formula if they can run it against this defense. Uh, if Mason Rudolph can play error-free football, that would help. Uh, it would help if a guy like Nick Herbig can s- somewhat step into the shoes of T.J. Watt to chase Josh Allen. But, you know, this is – there's something about a team like Buffalo last week in Week 18 that had to go to Miami and had to get their knuckles bloody to go do everything they could to come out with the win to get to the playoffs because they could have gotten bounced out last week if th- certain things happened. So it's like they've already been in the playoffs. They know what that feeling is like, the, the feeling of sudden death. I think you're going to get a great performance from Buffalo here today. They, it, and not because they're at home. Like, that always kind of helps a little bit. But, you know, I think you'll get Pittsburgh's best shot. But I think this is a team in Buffalo that understands, after being bounced out last year at home, that you're going to get the best of the best from Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, you know, James Cook, this whole group. Dude, I, I, listen, I, I think the same thing. And I just think matchup-wise, you know, again, it's it, the snow's gone, the blizzard conditions are gone, but it's still freaking cold. It's still going to be 14-mile-an-hour gusts. It's going to make it feel like six degrees. And who else do you want in that kind of weather but Josh Allen? So, and, you know, again, Mason Rudolph. I remember, I remember when the Bills came to Philadelphia this week, uh, this year, cause like Thanksgiving weekend. And I did that game and it was, it was, it rained from start to finish. So I'm walking along the Buffalo sideline and Josh Allen's got a hoodie on. He's just kind of hanging out and he sees me. So I, I start talking to him. So we kind of chat each other up and I'm like, Josh, this might be the kind of weather where you got to freaking run it every single play. He goes, I'm fine with that, Baldy. I don't care. I just want to win. Like, honestly, Josh Allen could give a flying F about stats, anything else. Like, if he has to run the ball, if they have to run the ball 40 times today to win the game, he could care less. And I think that mentality of Josh, like, the weather's not going to bother him. It's just, it's not going to affect him at all. Um, Mentality, I don't care if it's windy. Like, he is, he he reminds me from a mentality standpoint of Jim Kelly. They have the same mentality. Like they, they're all they're all in the Bills Mafia. 
They're all in and playing in Western New York. They don't want to be anywhere else. They don't care what the conditions are. They just want the ball in their hands. And I think Josh just wants the ball in his hands today. Yeah, man. I, I like I I'm, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is a unfortunately for the for the black and, and gold. I, I just don't I don't think they keep this one close. So that's your uh, Monday Martin Luther King Day appetizer. And then at night, the regular scheduled game from the pirate ship in Tampa. All right, let's talk about this, Baldy, because things are getting weirder. Weirder. A.J. Brown, due to the knee, will not play in the game. He was actually at a fight in Atlantic City uh, Saturday night. Yeah, well, um, look, I don't want to get into what, what A.J. Brown is doing, thinking. He's not playing. His first game he hasn't played since he's been an Eagle. So they're going to go out. They're going to go on the field without their star wide receiver. All right, who's going to step up? You know, is it Quez Watkins? Is it uh, Zacchaeus? Is it, you know, who's going to step up for him? Is it Dallas Goddard? They need somebody to step up. All right, because Jalen's got to throw it to somebody. And maybe maybe it's the run game, cuz. You know, they played week three. They ran it 40 times. They ran for over 200 yards. Maybe this makes the Eagles um, run the ball. Uh, I texted a couple players yesterday just asking the general question, is the hay in the barn? And I got a variety of responses, one of them being like, um, well, unless they burn that game plan up, it's in the barn. Like, I don't I don't exactly know what that meant, but that, that would be a pretty good formula if you're playing without A.J. Brown. Would you just stick to the run game and push these guys around up yes. front? Yes. I mean, what we've been talking about, you got to stay with the run game. One of the problems with this offense has been them being too quick to get away from the run game. And then the other issue with this offense has been the predictability of it. Now, it's yeah. one thing if you got your way behind that great offensive line where you're kicking the teeth out of people, well, then you run, run, run. Hey, we're coming right at you. But, you know, running a quarterback draw on third and six when everybody has seen a hundred times is different from opposing your will. Well, so when the Eagles have been really good at running it, because they, they usually find one or two runs that they find early in the game, you know, where it's Kelsey pulling, running gut, whether it's power with Landon Dickerson, where they find a run or two early in the game and they just ride it and they and they 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 make the other team adjust. And so I know, you know, the, the thing is, is it's the exact same five offensive linemen that started week three. No, not many teams have that luxury of here we are week 19, the same five guys. You know, Jurgens, Kelsey, Dickerson, Mulata. Like, it's what they do best. If they come out there and they start trying to throw it around the yard without success, like, you know, Eagle fans are going to be throwing things at the TV. And anybody in that stadium might be throwing things too. Like, we're just going to be – all Eagle fans will be beyond frustrated. So, to me, you're going to play without A.J. Brown. Lean on the run game. Now, one of the things that A.J., when he's really involved, because of his size, he's been a good run blocker. He's helped out in the run game when you get to the second level. So we'll see, if, you know, just how they do in that part. But that would be the first thing. Like, if they get 35 runs or more, I feel like the Eagles are going to win this game. Yeah. I, well, and then the other aspect of it is 
your back end has gotten absolutely torched, right? It's time for this front to also impose its will. And it's got the perfect side. We talk about it, you and I, about the right side of the Tampa line. That like that, they got to crash that that side in and harass Mayfield. I mean, like to me, if you're going to win this game, you're going to win it running the ball, and you're going to win it due to your front. And your front is harassing Baker all day because if you you give Baker time, he'll carve up that secondary. Well, so yeah, I mean, if you you, you give uh, Baker time to be able to throw uh, deep shots to Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans will be dancing in the end zone. The cannons will be going off. But if you look at Cody Mock at right guard, get a key at right tackle, like you've got to win those matchups. you got to make life miserable for Baker. Now, Baker is elusive. He'll extend plays. He can do some of that stuff. He also makes some mistakes when he's forced to do that. But I think it's got to start up front. I don't trust the secondary just because I don't. they haven't given me any reason to trust it. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not down on the Eagles, but, like, you can't look at any game here um, for most of the season and not see breakdowns in that secondary. And so Baker has seen it. Mike Evans has seen it. You know, they have seen it. Uh, uh, David Canale is the offensive coordinator has seen it. I'm sure they're going to find ways to attack it and go after certain players. The, the slot defending position, whoever's been in there this year, has been torched, and the safeties have been bad. So now they, they, they have run the ball at times, especially in the second half of the season, better than they had over the last two and a half years. And so you'll see Rashad White in there. But to your point, this is the, this is the game the front has to win. Like they, there's no reason that they can't shut down the run and pressure Baker with the talent that they have. Unless yeah. Unless things are just completely dysfunctional, which we believe they are to some weird extent and for whatever reason, but it does feel dysfunctional, the stuff coming out of that building. Well, here's the, here's the, the weird thing about it, right? Like you actually have an opportunity, the Cowboys being out, like yeah. you got, you got an opportunity like now, let, you know, let, let's go. Like, I get the whole A.J. Brown thing is weird leading up to the injury or while the injury was happening. He he had scrubbed his social media of everything Eagles and then deleted it and, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I don't know what's what's going to happen there. But listen, you, you got to be able to attack this Buccaneers team. This Tampa team is not good. All right. We saw them struggle down the down the stretch. Uh, it's it's like you got to win, or else. Uh, the other aspect is, I don't know what happens with Sirianni if they go down. You know, my guess is they're going to tell him to to replace both coordinators. But who knows if it's ugly the way it was ugly in Dallas? You could have a similar situation. So look, cuz you know, very quietly last year, February, early March, they gave Jalen Hurts a new contract. Okay, 50, I don't know, $54 million a year. You pay a quarterback that kind of money uh, and you're in the postseason, even without your star receiver, you got to deliver. So we know that A.J. Brown has been a big safety blanket for for Jalen. And one of the reasons why Jalen got that contract is he had a true number one wide receiver that could win on third down, win in the red zone, jump balls down the field. He's not there. So... It's going to put more on Jalen here. 
to be able to see these defenses, to make stick throws, to make good decisions without the safety blanket. We're going to find out a lot about Jalen Hurts in this game and going forward because we don't. nobody believes he's played great this year, and he hasn't. Now, we, we can throw injuries and coaching changes and all that stuff out there, and all that stuff is legit, but quarterbacks overcome that stuff. They just do. Yeah, well, I, the other aspect of, of I think Jalen needs to be a bigger part of run game. Like, that has to happen. I agree with you. I totally yeah. agree with that. Like you, like, like what we saw from Josh Allen in that week 18 against Miami, where he just willed, he just put the team on his shoulders and just yeah. willed that team to victory. Like that's kind of how Jalen's got to play tonight, I believe. Spot on. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And then uh, Baldy will be back tomorrow to Absolutely. talk all about it, man. What great stuff, man. What great theater. It's the playoffs. It's January. It's Baldy. Cause it's the all NFL podcast. Baldy, listen, uh, enjoy the games. Enjoy. I know you got meats getting ready to be cooked on yeah. the grill. Absolutely. No, we got a pregame meal. I'm looking at it over there. That meat is tenderizing right now. It's getting thrown on the grill. We got big two two pound porterhouses that are like for everybody in the house here. We're gonna have a feast getting ready for this action tonight. I love it. I wish I was down there. All right. You're the greatest, man. We love you. All right, brother. Here it is. Everybody, thanks for hanging. We love you. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button. Subscribe, right? We come to, you get us daily, right? On in uh, YouTube, right on your phone. Every day you won't miss an episode. Check it out. Thanks for hanging, and we'll see you tomorrow.